Hello, welcome to the Inspiranta Education Podcast, where we discuss different topics pertaining to education and career goals, including interviews of different people and discussions about different events occurring in the world today. My name is Ada Tsongwa. I am one of the co-founders and co-presidents of Inspiranta Education. I am 16 years old and am a rising junior from Limbrick High School. I have a strong passion for business, computer science, and design. I am a part of Limbrook's Business Club DECA, and I'm also a part of the Limbrook Water Polo team as well. I enjoy giving back to my community as I have helped start multiple nonprofits, and I also volunteer through Boy Scouts as well. Hello, everybody. My name is Ada Tangwan, and today we are here with someone who I really admire and look up to. We are here with Malawan Anbuchalvan, a freshman at USC doing his Bachelor's of Science in Neuroscience. Welcome, Malawan. How are you doing? How's your, how's your quarantine going? Um, so far, it's been pretty good. Um, I've just been uh, playing a lot of golf. I know we're on the golf team together. Um, yeah. I started a new hobby in fishing, and I'm just watching a lot of sports. I, I really am not missing a single game, so <laughs> that's that's all I'm doing right now. Yeah, so that sounds a lot of fun. All right, yeah. so you you we're gonna, today we're going to talk about um, what you did in high school. Uh, what some of your extracurriculars were, and we're also going to talk about what you did in college and how the transition went from high school to college. So I wanted to first start off about you. So you're doing your bachelor's of science in neuroscience, correct? Yep. So where did you get your inspiration to do the uh, your bachelor's of science in the medical route? So um, I knew I wanted to do something in healthcare from an early age, around like eighth grade. I started started volunteering at a hospital and I really just fell in love with the entire setting and I knew this is where I wanted to be as a career um, not like oh do I, I want to be a doctor I want to be a nurse I want to work I, I just knew I wanted to be in the hospital so as high school progressed and I was doing my normal science classes I noticed that um, neuroscience which was like just a smaller unit in AP biology was what I was what intrigued me the most so um, it only seemed logical when it was time to apply for college to major in neuroscience for the schools that offered it. Some schools didn't offer it, so I would major in biology, but uh, for the schools that did offer it, I majored in neuroscience. And yeah, that's where I am right now. Yeah, sounds great. So uh, well, first thing I want to talk about, not that's directly high school related. So right now, a lot of juniors are in the process of trying to figure out their SAT and ACC. Uh, because of COVID, we, they've had, had a lot of struggle because they're like capable of post, postponing it, and a lot of people have had to cancel it. What was your experience with doing the SAT or ACT? Um, so to be honest, I didn't stress too much about the SAT. I know at um, at Lindbergh High School, it was pretty normal to do the SAT the summer before the um, before junior year. So that's like the summer I I did a prep course and I took it once. I wasn't. I wasn't like the most satisfied with my score, but um, I, I decided that it's, it's okay. I'll just stick with the one I have. And then I kept, um, I just, I just did my subject tests after that. Was there a reason, specific reason you chose SAT instead of ACT? Um, I remember the test prep center that I joined, they gave me a diagnostic test in both. And I believe that I felt like the SAT was easier for me, but um yeah, that, that could be different for other people. I, I, I think it's normal to just try out both and see which one works before you start studying for either of them. Would you recommend uh, students who are studying for this to go to a SAT prep or like a 
like a private center like you did? Um, to be honest, I would say no to that question. Uh, I feel like if if you're motivated to do it, you don't need to. So for me, the I, the test prep center did, was like it, it took up a lot of time, and a lot of the time, like they don't focus individually on you, which you can't expect. But they do give you a structure, so you have to finish this amount of work before this deadline. So if you want that kind of a structure to keep yourself going, it'll be very helpful. But um, if you think that you can do if you can create that kind of a structure yourself it'll be a lot more efficient for you to just do it on your own because these test prep companies they're not necessarily teaching you something that you wouldn't be able to know if you didn't use the internet or if you didn't um, read your book like they're they're just taking all the information that's available on the internet and showing it to you so you can do all of that by yourself really so you don't need to spend the money on a test prep center all right that's a really good answer thank you so much yeah all right, so next what I want to talk about is the AP. So in Limbrook, it's really emphasized if you don't do APs, you're not going to do get good get like go to a good college necessarily. Uh, yeah. So uh, how many APs did you do, and what was your reasoning behind doing the amount of APs you did? So I did a total of six APs. I did three in junior year, three in senior year. Um, the reasoning behind them, I'm not. I, I mean, I know. Wait, did I do three? Wait, let me think. What did I do in junior year? In junior year, I took AP Bio. Oh, yeah, I, I did do three. I took AP Bio, AP Calc, and AP Lang in junior year. And I knew, so I knew I wanted to do AP Bio because I really liked biology. And that's how you calculus find the universities, the, too. Yeah, exactly. And then calculus was like the next step in my math path. So I didn't do Calc BC. I did Calc AB um, because I like personally, I don't like math that much. So I didn't think it was worth putting um, a lot of effort into BC. So I just took AB and I stuck with that. And then for Lang, um, I, I really liked the professor, one of my professors who I had for freshman year, and she was actually teaching Lang that year. So she told me that she can um, get me into the class if I signed up for it. So I did, and then she did get me into her class and I love the class so much, my favorite class in high school. So yeah, so that, that's how I decided on those APs. And then senior year, the APs I took were um, AP Stats, AP Gov, and AP Stats, AP Gov. I took regular physics, physics honors, and then regular lit, one, two, three, four. Oh, and AP Spanish. So yeah, those are the three. Um, so I didn't actually take the AP test for, uh, for stats or for Gov. I only took the AP test for Spanish. But the classes, like stats was also like the next math class. And then um, government, oh yeah, I, I remember why I wanted to do government. It was right around like all the politics where like our country was starting to get divided around then. And I knew that like, I kind of want to get on track on, um, you know, the knowledge that everyone else has. So I took AP Gov and it was, and it was pretty good. Like most of the class was just discussions. So I had Mr. Williams, I don't know if anyone from Lindbergh like watches these, but uh, Mr. Williams is really good. He's um, he 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 will. His class is based on discussions, and you'll learn um, a lot of stuff that are not just like textbook facts. So it's good. Yeah. A, a common thing I've noticed that the classes you like generally have good teachers in them. How would you say uh -huh. that affected the teachers? Like creates like how would you say having a good teacher like affects how you behave in the class? Uh, that, that that that's a really good question. So. Um, my first two years in high school, I didn't think I had, I, I didn't have the best teachers. 
And those are also my, I, like academically my worst years. So I don't know if there's like a correlation between probably that. Is. There, there probably is. Yeah. Like, yeah, there probably is. I will say junior year, I was lucky enough to have a lot of good teachers and senior year too, I had good teachers as well. Um, but also I feel like I kind of matured as a student between them, between those two time periods. So it, it got a little easier for me to do the work, but yeah, I, I know, I know at, at our school, it's a, like people complain about the teachers all the time. Yeah. I'm sure it's normal at other schools too, but, um, at the end of the day, you just have to do like the work that you, um, like everyone has the same work to do. Like a teacher is just bad. Then you have to learn it on your own. I feel like that sophomore to junior year, a lot of people like change, like sophomore to junior year was when I started it. Cause that's when you first get introduced to the process of going to college. You first get introduced because freshman, sophomore year, you don't have to worry about your grades so much uh-huh. and some of your extracurriculars, but then so junior year comes, you know, like, okay, so now I have to start worrying about ACT. You have to worry about ACC or SAT subject tests as I've been taking them. So I feel like um, sophomore to junior year is like a big step for a lot of people. And a lot of them, they I feel like they become a lot more um, mature and they feel like a lot more pressure during that time. Yeah, exactly. So um, in a lot of schools in the Bay Area, I feel it's very common is that a lot of students have to deal with peer pressure, not all of them necessarily, but how do you deal with the peer pressure of other kids? Because I'm sure you, you saw kids who were taking seven APs in one year or six APs huh. in one year. How did you feel that, how do you deal with the pressure? Like, I'm still going to go to a good college, even though they're doing like these crazy amount of APs. Um, so to be honest, uh, like I, I didn't, I didn't experience peer pressure. Like some of my students did. I think part of that was because I kept my circles circle kind of small and the people that were in my circle were, um, were kind of like me in the way that they had, I guess, goals bigger than college, which a lot of Lindbergh students don't have. So, um, I don't want to take shots at Lindbergh. I'm just saying yeah, like sometimes no, like, I, the I peer pressure it comes from, yeah, like the peer pressure, like it comes from uh, students thinking that like college is the end goal in life, I guess. So like they work really hard to get into a good college. But um, for me, like I, I didn't really, st- I, I didn't have like, oh, I need to go to like a top 20 school. I need to go to USC. Like I, I didn't have like that kind of a mentality. I just had, um, I, I just knew what I liked to study and I studied those and I knew what I, like to do outside of school and I just did those so I guess that kind of kept me away from the whole um seven AP kind of culture in a year thing that that a lot of um Lindbergh students have and Bay Area students in general so yeah I really like that mindset of thinking that instead of having your goal be like all right my goal is to get into an Ivy or Stanford I feel like like you said like your goal should be to get into the profession you want and college is just a step in the way I that's a really good yeah exactly (laughs) Um, did you have did you have any struggles with time management when you were in college in high school? Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely did. I feel like procrastination was my like my worst. Um, yeah, it was, it was just, it definitely made things harder for me in high school, and it kind of still still does in college a little bit. And I think a lot of students struggle with it. And um, I guess it's just something that I'm working on as well. Like sometimes, like you know, procrastination. Like if it keeps working, then it's gonna keep you're gonna keep doing it. Like I procrastinate, and then I still finish the assignments I need to do so then the next time I get an assignment I'll still procrastinate but yeah yeah it's, it's kind of tough to break that cycle so that definitely affected my time management um as 
I, I think that I think that I, I was still able to fit in everything that I wanted to do in high school. Like I don't have any like regrets on, oh, I didn't try out to this club or I didn't put enough effort into this other thing. Like I, I don't have any of those kind of regrets, but um, yeah, procrastination was definitely a thing that I have to deal with. <laughs> yeah. So you said you didn't have any regrets. If you could go mm-hmm. back to high school, there's nothing you would change. You're completely happy with your whole experience. Um, so like, like, I, I guess like if, if I wanted a better GPA, I would, I would say, oh, I, I would work harder in freshman year. But like other than other than like that outside of GPA and like, outside of GPAs and like scores and all this stuff, like really, I don't like I did like I was kind of late to like the whole extracurricular game, but I still did everything that I wanted to do. Like like my clubs, like I wasn't involved in that many clubs, but the clubs I were involved in were um, some things, some things that are really, I was really passionate about the positions I held outside of college, like were things I really liked and um, the people I met there, like, I, I don't have any regrets. My friend group was great. Um, so yeah, I was kind of lucky in that way, I guess. Yeah. Talk about your friend group They're They were famous around Limburg for being called oh, a specific name. Oh yeah. The Oreo gang. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that was a joke. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think one of us thought it would be a good idea to create an Instagram account for our friend group, and then we came up with the name. And yeah, it, I mean, we didn't really get famous. We were just, we were kind of like a meme on campus, but everyone knew like, you guys. So everyone knew Oreo Gang. I mean, it's a smaller school, but yeah. <laughs> everyone knew Oreo Gang. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like the account's dead now, but yeah, I guess what, what yeah, happened was it was like a fun. Now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So you said that you were you had you participated in some clubs and that you're really passionate about one mm-hmm. club that I vividly remember that you were constantly promoting was your surgery interest club. Talk a little bit more yeah, about that. Yeah. So surgery interest club is um, probably that like one of the highlights of my high school experience. So when I was in the end of sophomore year, I joined this club and it was the surgery interest club. And, it, and I knew that I liked surgery and I liked the idea of surgery. But I didn't know like too much about like different professions and like how surgery is actually done. So I joined, I went to like a couple meetings at the end of the semester and I was really active and I kind of like made the officers know that, you know, this is something that I love to learn about. So I applied for a position after that for the junior year and then I was rejected. So I didn't get the position, but I still love the club. So I went, I kept going to the club meetings during junior year and then halfway through junior year, they let go of one of the officers. So they had a um, like an application process to fill in that spot. And that's when I applied and I got in. And then from there, it was really just my mission to make sure that Surgery Interest Club was the best medical club on campus. So there were some other clubs, there was like pre-med club and there was um, HEAL, but I knew like I went to those meetings, I would like scout and see like what kind of things they're doing so that I can incorporate them into my meetings. Because to be honest, pre-med had more members and um, and more success than we did but i noticed that they really don't do anything like better than we do because like in my club what i do is i show actual surgery videos i um let my uh, i let my members suture i have a suture kit i um i i teach them about like the different professions and like as i'm learning about the different professions and what i want to do in my career i share that knowledge with my members and i tell them i try to inspire them i try to show them um like you know like it's really not about college. It's really not about your high school grades. It's like, if this is what you want to do, these are the kind of things you want to do. 
then you can try to find that passion and it'll come like the extracurriculars will come along that path. So that that's really what made my mission to do. Like even when um, I remember like one of my favorite meetings that I had uh, with Surgery Interest Club was the meeting after Kobe Bryant died. And that's because Kobe Bryant was one of my biggest inspirations through high school, even though I was never a Lakers fan. As of everyone, he was um, an inspiration. Yeah, like he like he wasn't a basketball player to me. He was a mentor. So he kind of gave me that, like he, he, like, I don't know if the listeners know, but like mama mentality, it's like this kind of, um, it's like this quest to always uh, improve yourself and like your craft. And Kobe Bryant always preached that. And that's something that was like dri- driving me through high school. And when he died, that's when it really hit me like, dude, Kobe Bryant's the reason why you wanted to make this club the best it was. And the reason why you're like doing all the things that you're doing. So I held a meeting and I just talked about Kobe Bryant, like what Kobe Bryant meant to me and how mama mentality can be applied for pre-meds, for medical students or residents. And I think that was a meeting that all the members, they, they loved it. They, um, they were the most attentive that meeting. And that's like, and that, and that, that's definitely one of the, um, one of the things that made my club different than the other medical clubs, even if we, even though we were smaller. So yeah, like the whole experience was amazing. I had a great officer team. Um, uh, I want to shout out Anya. She was great. She was my, um, one of my partners from junior year and senior year. So yeah. Yeah. I love that club. You had some very vocal members. I think Alden Gould was in your club. He was constantly promoting surgery. Oh, really? Interest. He was constantly promoting uh-huh. that as well. And then you had, I feel like you, I feel like the member, it doesn't matter how big the club is. It's about how devoted the members are. I mean, I feel like that's like you showed how passionate you are. And I'm sure like the colleges, when you wrote about this or if you wrote about this or not, yeah. it's, the passion seeps to showing that you're not trying to you're not trying to get into the college you're trying to become a surgeon you're trying to get into yeah. a higher step in life so i really admire that yeah i will say in college when i was when i was writing for college essays i i didn't really i never really said i wanted to be a surgeon or anything i just yeah yeah um i i let, I let them assume what they want to assume i just told them what i did really because uh, yeah <laughs> yeah i mean but the passion shows that you i mean you scanning out other clubs like if i started a club, started a club I, de- I definitely wouldn't think of doing that so i think that's like the mambo mentality people like, need to think of doing that honestly like that that's a good idea because there's a lot of clubs on campus that compete with each other for members and then you notice like some of them are smaller than others like um, i mean fbla and deca they're constantly fighting with each other and then there's a lot yeah of, like if someone it's like a deca officer Exactly. If you go to other meetings, like they're open, like it's not like you can't go to the meeting. You can just go to the meeting, see what they're doing. Like, and I saw nothing. Like, pre med club wasn't really doing anything different than us. So, out or anything like different. Like, we were doing more than them, but they were doing. I honestly, honestly, the reason that club was really popular was because of its name, and yeah. I stand by that. Like, a lot of kids are like, "Oh, pre med, I want to be a pre med, so I'm gonna I mean- join that club." I mean, if you look at it, CS Club and Engineering Club, CS Club, I mean, that's like the name. They used to get a lot of members. Engineering Club, look at the name. They used to get a lot of members. So yeah. a lot of these guys, like, they they just try to find the club with the name. And then mm-hmm. they go, it doesn't, then they try to become officer in the club with the name instead of just trying to become mm-hmm. officer in a club. That's like a club that's actually doing something. Because let's say I become an officer in a CS Club, but we don't really do much that's not going to show much of an impact. Like anyone could start a CS club and not do much. So if you like that to make an impact, you have to become an officer, but you have to devote time into it. Like you did for your surgery interest club. Yeah. 
Um, another club you participated in was in Spanish club. Was Spanish? Did you actually enjoy Spanish? Um, so for Spanish club, when I joined it as a member, the officer team was really good. So I joined it, I think, in my junior year. And the reason I joined it was because I did like Spanish in junior year. And I really, and I had a good professor. I'd miss Revia in junior year. And um, I thought, I mean, I, some people say, I mean, I, I thought she was pretty good and her class was fun. So I joined Spanish class because she was like the um, the advisor for it. And I love the meetings. So I applied for an officer position and I got in. But the problem is the entire officer team were seniors. So now it's a completely new officer team with me in it. And we just couldn't bring the same energy that we did um, that, 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 that there was previously. So even though we had a lot of members because the team is Spanish club, like, you know, that's just how high school clubs work. We just couldn't bring the energy. And for that reason, like um, I, like I, I didn't enjoy it as much as I did surgery interest club. It was, it was a lot tougher because yeah, the officer team was brand new. And honestly, I don't even know if the club still exists right now. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure it, I'm pretty sure it they does? exist, but they, I don't okay. know if they're having a lot of meetings. A lot of clubs stopped having meetings. Yeah. I, I assume because everything's online now. It's going to be tougher. Yeah. But... Like the big clubs have like the big clubs have like a meeting once every two months. So it's, it's just a lot of slowdown a lot uh-huh yeah so yeah so that, that's my story with spanish club really okay and also it was a lot less time commitment because it was um bi-weekly meetings so it wasn't every week okay yeah i mean it, if it's surgery interest club i mean that like makes up a majority of your portion that's like all your passion so that's really yeah. i really admire how much time you put into that <laughs> um yeah. i also want to talk to you so a lot of uh, students i've been noticing a lot of questions that they've been asking is that uh, our listeners have been asking is that um what did you hire a college counselor to to organize your whole application routine um yes i actually did um i i got a college i wasn't planning on getting a college counselor but um towards like like the beginning of the deadline i think my first deadline was october 31st so like in the middle of in the beginning of october is when i decided like you know what i kind of think i need one um and as far as like if I'd recommend getting one, I think I would recommend getting a college counselor because compared to like my SAT class, she was a, a lot more helpful. Like she, every time I went to her for a um, a meeting, I would get an essay done, at least one essay done. And that that's huge in your progress as um, through your college application process. It's like every time you meet someone and you get an essay done, like like that, that, that is always big. And then you can put your own work at home and you can even make that process faster. So um, I would recommend getting a college counselor for me, I, I, I feel like if I didn't have a college counselor, my essay quality would have been a lot lower, but that's just me. So if somebody is writing, like if, if you're writing your essays and people are telling you like, this is great and um, things like that, then you don't, you might not need one. But personally, I think I did need one for my college process. I mean, like if you feel like your essay is great until you get it checked by someone else, like I have that in high school in Limbrook, you have really... Um, uh, a good teacher but a hard teacher to get a good grade in miss al baker she's a really oh, yes, tough grader <laughs> yeah so whenever i whenever I, I do my essay i give it to her for peer check i'm like i did it pretty good i come back with like hundreds of notes on my essay exactly so i feel exactly. like it's really important to get that outside because these college counselors they they've done this before they've done mm-hmm. these essays they've checked essays before they know what it takes to get a good essay to get into a good college mm-hmm. so i feel like if you don't get the outside expert opinion, you're going to have like a disadvantage from other people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, um, like, I, 
I'll, I'll just put the name out of my counselor. Her name was Miss Miss um, Robin, and she was part of Elite. So I did my I did my SAT and my college counseling at Elite. And so if if, if you want to go to her, like she, she's really good. So I, I don't think she she didn't help me get my list figured out. I remember I had my list already done, but she does help really good with your essays. So definitely, if you're thinking about getting one, go to her if, <laughs> at Elite. Yeah, I feel like Elite's a popular thing here. A lot of our yeah. friends and I did went to Elite for the SAT slash ACT prep as well. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, when would you? So you started getting your counseling in the beginning of October. So that's like a month. That's like a month before the deadline for your decision. Would yeah. if you could do this again? Would you get your counselor earlier so you could have like a more of a structure all summer? Or do you feel like you only need your counselor for a little bit of time when you're final fi- finalizing your essays? So. Um... So on, so I know a lot of people, they start their essays like that summer, but I didn't start it. And I think it's good for me. I didn't start it because a lot of my, the things I wrote about happened during that summer. So if I started it, then I wouldn't be able to write about it. Um, I, I don't think I struggled that much with, so I applied to a good amount of schools. I applied to 21 schools, which people say is a lot, but I was able to, I was able to finish all the schools like on time. I didn't stress like that much over completing essays because over time you realize that like when you're writing essays for each school a lot of the questions they overlap or they can be interpreted the same way so you can just take um pieces of one essay and then use that to write another essay so like once you're done with the first um like couple essays then the others others will get easier so um i don't think that if i don't think people need to be feel like oh i need to start my my essays in the summer um necessarily because like eventually you'll get in the flow of it so well after like a couple yeah that's like 21 21 colleges seems like a lot because like the last person i interviewed he applied to four colleges only hmm. so but i feel like if you manage your time properly and you make sure and it, i mean like if you have schools that overlap essays i feel like it cuts down the amount of essays you have to specifically write were you able to copy paste essays or did you have to write um, individual so I didn't copy paste uh, like actual essays to essays, but I did like copy and paste like maybe some sentences or parts of a paragraph that I really liked into another essay. Um, and while we're on this topic, I just want to say like I tell this to other people who do essays. First, write your four UC essays. So I know your UC essays, they're like due in November. But the thing is like your, like, your UC essays actually can start like a foundation for your other essays. So if you finish your four UC essays, then like your all your other schools, like your, um, your out-of-state publics and privates, those will be... Um, a lot easier because they just take like parts of like like the UCSAs are more general so you can just take things like those the, uh, parts of those and write them into your new essay so those are definitely that that's a strategy I'd recommend that's what I did and it worked out very well so all right that's some that's good advice uh yeah. so your junior to senior summer did you just spend it doing other activities like uh, some extracurriculars or did you start like at the end of the summer writing your essays um junior to senior year summer I didn't write my essays. Like I said, I, I was doing my extracurriculars for sure. Yeah. Okay. So one of your biggest extracurriculars that I interacted with you was you were golf. So you were two times captain and two mm-hmm. times MVP. Talk about the whole experience of being on the golf team. Oh yeah. So golf is good. I, I loved golf. Um, I played golf when I was, I started golf in middle school and then it was only logical to start playing in high school. Uh, Honestly, like I, I love the team so much. I wasn't the best player on the team, but I did. I was captain for two years. Um, 
And I golf is something that I still play today. It's my favorite sport. Uh, there were thoughts about me continuing it in college like earlier on. And then I decided that it probably isn't the route I want to go. And um, yeah, it's a great experience. It definitely made me into the leader I am today. I started it in junior year as a captain. Um, I loved inspiring the students. I remember you were one of my first, um, like that was your first year, the year I was captain. My first I mean, year was your first year on you, the team, right? We were all a bunch of freshmen. And then you were the oh, yeah, one, I have to one talk about that captain. Dude, w- when I became captain, everyone was a freshman. Every- there was a whole new bunch of kids. Because when I joined the team, I was the only person in the class of 2020 playing golf. And then immediately the class of 2022 comes. And all these freshmen are coming. And one of them is Anton. Anton he's, he's already he's an he's amazing already, golfer. He's already committed to UCLA for golf. Yeah, my rival school. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, a- Anton, Anton, he's, he's really good, right? So like as a captain, I have to start um you know trying to I don't want to say take charge or like but like you know at least like lead this whole group of freshmen and that was that was an amazing experience for me I loved it so much because I I like I like putting myself in those kind of positions and being able to have that kind of a position along with the new we had a new assistant coach that year we had coach Qua that year so just a brand new team brand new culture like the Limburg golf culture just flipped and then the next year we were even better because we had a new we had some more students that were class of 2023 yeah, I and, know some of them. Um, they're really good too. Yeah, they're really good. Like Nishad and Steven, like the like, and we were um, going undefeated that season, and then COVID hit, and then it, the season ended, and, and so that's kind of unfortunate. But it was it was amazing to be part of the whole transition in Lindbergh Golf because um, I know that Lindbergh Boys Golf was struggling for a lot, especially my freshman year. We were struggling a lot, but by the time I left, our entire team completely flipped around. So that was that was an amazing experience. I mean, now if you look at the team, there's so many like high level golfers on the team. It's so competitive to get even the sixth spot. People are fighting for the sixth starting spot so much. Exactly. It changes every match. So, yeah, that's I feel like you did it when I personally went in. Like you were the one person like all the parents knew. Everybody knew you were like the one person Uh everyone looked up to because you were the oldest and you were the captain. So I feel like you did a really good job of leading everybody on the team to do well and ultimately because that was my first time playing team golf so that you did a really mm-hmm. good job on introducing Thank it you. to everyone <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, no I, I, yeah. <laughs> so you also were a boy scout and you achieved your oh. eagle scout what was your whole experience of boy scouts like um so i started boy scouts when i was uh in fifth grade as a tenderfoot and honestly boy scouts gave me my love for the outdoors and I met a lot of um, fun people through Boy Scouts, went on a lot of camps. Uh, I went to a lot of like uh, one week long camps where you do merit badges. My experience in Boy Scouts was like, if I were to describe it in one word, it would, it would honestly just be fun. Like it was, it was, there was never a dull moment in Scouts. Like there was some, there was some stressing, like when, like to do get, to get your Eagle Scout, you have to get your Eagle project done. I'm and going you have through to that do that whole process right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. Like it's, a, it's stressful, but it's um, the whole, the whole thing is fun. And, the people that you're with in your uh, troop are like your buddies for like your entire scout path. So if you start in fifth grade, you're like with a bunch of other fifth graders and they stick with you until you're done in senior year and you're all getting your Eagle Scout like that. Like that's amazing to, that's amazing to have. And um, you don't, you don't get that from a lot of things unless I guess if you play, like even in a sport, you're only on a team for maybe a couple of years, but for Boy Scouts, like the troop sticks together for a long time. So um yeah, I loved scouts and my scout master, he was, he was super inspirational. Um, 
his name is Mr. Snyder. I love, I love, like he, he really taught me a lot of things. I know he guided me through my path. He inspired me to get Eagle Scout because getting Eagle Scout, like, you know, it's not, it's not an easy thing to do. Like, I think there's like a stat out there that only 2% of all like Boy Scouts that ever registered get Eagle Scout, which is really ridiculous. So um, yeah, I, I, I really liked it. I feel like a lot of things like, so I mean, like if you're, if I reflect on my time, I feel like I don't expect my oldest friends to be the ones I built in scouting. Cause I, I, when I moved here, I, the first thing we did was I joined scouting and then mm-hmm. I met like this four group of four other boys. And then we, all five of us have been close. I feel like you don't expect it to be, but your oldest friends are always the ones you made in scouting. Cause you go through a little bit of elementary school together. Then you go to, if you guys exactly. all go to the same troop, you go to all of middle school together, you go to all, through yeah. all of high school together. So I feel like that's where your strongest bonds are built. And I feel like the Scoutmaster is a really inspirational role because mm-hmm. like when I first joined scouting, like I just chose the troop based on who had the best Scoutmaster. And mm-hmm. I feel like they, based on how well they inspired the students to like, like pursue scouting like he inspired me to want to become an eagle scout so mm-hmm. i feel like based on how inspirational the students the scout masters and the leaders in the troop are that's how successful mm-hmm. your scouting career will overall be yeah exactly so you earned your eagle scout and one of the mm-hmm. biggest things about doing your eagle scout is your eagle scout project can you tell us what you did and what was the process of completing it so for my Eagle Scout project, what I did was um, I built a bridge for goats at a um, nonprofit called Animal Assisted Happiness. So essentially Animal Assisted Happiness, they're like a barn and they house a lot of barn barnyard animals and they let students who have um, disabilities um, come and play with the barnyard animals. And they even um, put them, they, they even transport the animals uh, to like middle schools and elementary schools for students to interact with. Um, so I found that, so I know I found the organization because another student in my troop did a project there. So I contacted them like, hey, what do you want me to do? And they're like, um, and they're like, oh yeah, you can come down for a visit, see if there's something that you could like fix and we can maybe decide on something. So I go down for a visit and I noticed that every single like pen, so like there's like the goats and then there's like the chickens, they all have like a theme to it. So like the pigs, like the entire theme was um, w- w- the story with like the three pigs and the wolf that like blows. The that's not down, a good like, story to have in front of pigs <laughs> but like that's like the theme so like they had like a whole like house and, like one side was like the straw house one side was like the brick house so, like that like that same thing going on with like the birds like they had another theme there but the thing is the goats they didn't have a theme at all so they had like these four huge goats like they weren't small they were like maybe like up to my like my chest area like they, they, they were huge goats that's big and they had like a broken down shed and that's it so i was like all right what can i do to make the goat pen kind of um, fit in with the rest so then they told me like oh can you build a bridge so we can you know like um go along like you know the story uh the goat the billy goat crossing the yeah. bridge with like, the troll underneath like yeah why don't you build a bridge i'm like okay i can build a bridge so then that's what i did i created like a um like a, it's not it's not like a super big bridge it's like a small little bridge like it's like on the side and the goats they like to climb it because i know goats like to climb like to climb it like to stand at the top they like to sleep underneath it so um yeah, that, so that was my project. And it took like maybe, I think four weekends to complete to so like two weeks. And I had like help from all my um, scoutmates. Um, they, they came out to help. And yeah, I completed that during my sophomore year. But so like right when I was able to start my Eagle project, I started it, but I didn't get Eagle until my senior year. So like, cause I, I didn't get like, I didn't have like all the merit badges 
So operating my Eagle project, I had to start doing all the merit badges. So I feel like a common, not mistake, but like um, a common thing that a lot of people do is that they try to finish their Eagle Scout, the whole thing in like sophomore year, because like all right, junior year, senior year, I needed to clamp mm-hmm. down. Yeah. I feel like if you extend the process like to like your junior, senior summer or like around the time period, like when you can put it in your college apps, because a lot of people want to do that. I feel like mm-hmm. that's like a better use because like the like the whole high school experience of being in scouting, I feel like if you just do your ego scout early, you're not going to be as committed to go to the meetings and like like um do these opportunities. Like, did you do any high adventures for your scout troop? So um, my troop didn't have high adventures. So we, we didn't do, like, I, I know, I think I know what you're talking about. We didn't do any yeah. of those kind of experiences. Yeah, but do you, you do, did you, you went to like um, high, Camp High Sierra, did you? Yeah, we went to Camp High Sierra. We went to like multiple, um, just like small camp outs for like the weekend. Yeah, so if you like, if you like, I feel like if you finish your um, Eagle Scout in sophomore, you don't have like much of a drive to go to the meetings as much. Yeah. So if you don't go to the meetings, you don't you don't get to go to like these awesome summer camps and all these amazing exactly. campouts as much. So I yeah. feel like that's a common thing that a lot of people miss out on. Mm-hmm. All right, so you another extracurricular that stuck that stuck out to me when I look, when I first found out about it mm-hmm. was that you volunteered at the El Camino Hospital. Yeah, yeah. Talk about your whole experience being there. Um, so uh, I started at El Camino when I was in eighth grade. Uh, at that time, I didn't really have like a, um, like, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Like I was in eighth grade. So it's not something that it's not normal for an eighth grader to know what they want to do in life. But I started at El Camino and um, my first position there was at the information desk. And I really liked being like interacting with patient families um, just being in the hospital. So over time, when I was, um, when I was 13, I was eligible to go to the mother baby unit. So that was when my entire, like, um, that that was when I kind of knew I wanted to be in healthcare because at the mother baby unit, I started to have like a real impact on the lives of the people around me. And I, and the entire environment was a lot different than information desk. You were actually running around from, um, from room to the labor and delivery department to different places. And you're really making, you're interacting with the nurses, with the patients, you're discharging patients outside of the hospital. So it, so like, I realized that that's what I really love to do. I love to be, um, ultimately, I just love patient care. So I was in the mother, mother baby unit up until COVID hit, obviously, but also while in the mother, mother baby unit, I, um, I wanted to double up on shifts because I like being at the hospital so much. So I started doing at, um, escort services as well. So escort services is, um, is like a stripped down version of the mother baby unit, but it's not with, it's part of the main hospital. So you're like discharging patients outside of, um, out of rooms and you're like delivering specimens like between labs at the main hospital. So it's like, um, it's like a different, uh, section, but um, kind of like the same amount, like the same work, but it's not as intimate because the main hospital is huge and the mother baby unit is kind of small. So um, yeah, so like that, so so I did that and I, I made sure I was really active. So like, that's one thing, like if anyone's listening, like if you really like something, make sure that you stay active in it because eventually the um, the positions will just, will, will come will come to you. So like, I was like super active and I made sure that my my, um, my supervisors knew that I loved doing this so much that like eventually they started like they offered like I became a trainer for the mother baby unit so I would um, it's not normal for like usually like the um, the chair trains the trains the people but because I was really passionate about it they let me train um, all the new um, volunteers so that's what I did and then um, also I was offered to be in the auxiliary board which is like a 
it's like a group of students who just work on like event planning and things at the hospital. So like those kind of things will come eventually if you just stick to what you like to do. Yeah, that yeah. sounds great. I mean, like if you, you're going for the whole the medical route, like I personally would never do that because I get like, even if I cut, like I get like dizzy and stuff like that. But I feel like it's important. Like a lot of people, like what's your extracurricular you're doing? I feel like you have to make sure that your extracurriculars extracurriculars like have like common theme around what you want to do in life because like you did your surgery interest club and um and you did el camino hospital like if you try if you try to get it if you became an intern at a cs company i mean like yeah that would boost you but not if you're trying to apply for medical school so i feel like you have to make sure that whatever extracurriculars you're doing if they're not sports like golf like you said before um you have to make sure that they're they're connected with um they're connected with your college route in college and career route that you're going overall. Yeah. So I guess, um, I, I guess like if you're applying to like for college itself, I don't know, like, like I said, I never mentioned that I wanted to be a doctor in my college applications, but like, I think, I think, I think what they're looking for is not, not necessarily that your um, that your extracurriculars fit like a career, but more that like more that, um, that, 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 that you, that you have a passion in something and that you've chosen to like go past just like surface level, like volunteering or um, surface level, like like being an officer, like if you go past like anything. So it doesn't have to be like, if, if I wanted to be a doctor, like I know I want to be a doctor, but I can write all about maybe like hiking or something. If I was really passionate about hiking, then um, I can um, like maybe host like excursions or, or start like a, um, an organization that that lets people who always want to hike this one trail, but are, but it's always so limited, like give them opportunities to hike that trail. Like just anything where like you can exceed the expectations of, um, or no, exceed the, um, like the, like the, like the surface level uh, positions and start to create something for yourself or like create a name for yourself, I guess, within that sector, uh, that, 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 that itself would be um, more than enough. So like, like, if I like, yeah, so like, obviously for me, like, I really like hospital stuff. So it kind of worked out and, and looking back, you can think and see, oh yeah, he wants to be a, um, he wants to work in healthcare and he's got all these extracurriculars that match it. So that's what I should do. But you don't, you don't, re I don't think you need to do that. You can always just, um, just, just stick to what you're passionate about. Yeah. So whatever your passion, just go forward with yeah. it. Is that what you're Yeah. Saying? Well, this is for college. This is not for like getting a job. So yeah, obviously yeah. for getting a job, they want the experiences, yeah. but for college itself, I don't, yeah. Cause like, think about it, like they want diversity and why, why, why would they care about what you want to do in the future? They, they don't care about like, you're, you're there for, as a student. So they, they just want to know who you are as a person. And that if you do come to the campus, you're going to actually um, change something in a positive way for the university. So they don't care that I want to be a doctor. USC doesn't care. So yeah, they, they just care that like, oh, he's really passionate about something and I want someone who's passionate. Like, you can, yeah. I've, um, I've one thing that I see that you did is that you actually, so it, it shows that you're passionate, but you also actually got experience to be inside a hospital. So I feel like that's like an experience that like not everyone who wants to become, who wants to work inside a hospital gets to like in high school to work inside a hospital. So I feel like that's a really cool experience that you actually got to work inside a hospital before you even got into college. Like you were in high school doing work in a hospital. So I feel like that's a really yeah. cool experience that you had overall yeah all right so now you jumped from high school you did the whole spiel and now you're in college how's college mm -hmm. been for you so far 
Um, college has been, it, it hasn't been too bad. I mean, it, it's kind of unfortunate that it's online, but um, I think my, my workload this semester, well, I, I didn't like give myself like too tough a workload. So I was able to manage it pretty easily. So the transition is really just like getting transition to learning stuff online. Like it's not really a transition to like college life. Cause like if, if it was a transition to college life, I would probably struggle a little bit more because there's just so many things going on campus and you're meeting all these new people every day. But now I'm really just like the last semester I was at home. So I was just at home, just, um, just trying to keep up with my online assignments. I'm sure like even high schoolers are all doing the same thing too. So yeah, I, it's like, it's just transitioning to Zoom university really. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Do you enjoy online schooling or do you? Uh, no. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I, I don't like online school at all. I feel like a lot of people expect students like online schooling because it's supposed to be easier, but it's not necessarily easier because in yeah. real life schooling, it's a lot, le a lot less awkward to just ask a question in front of the class. And it's yeah. a lot easier. Like after the class, you can just talk to a teacher. So I feel like online schooling has these barriers that mm -hmm. make it a bit tougher than regular schooling at times. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I, I don't see like online schooling isn't for me. Like I really like to get to know my professors and um, ask questions and like um, in, in at Lindbergh, we had tutorial, like ask questions in tutorial and all that. But yeah, so not, now in online, it's just very like the professor, like nobody has a camera on. The professors um, are trying their best, but it's just that they're, they're not able to like show the same passion through like online format, but um, yeah, like th that, that's where I struggle with. I know some people, they, they find it easier to, um, to like keep up with like the pace of work because like everything is in one place, it's online. You don't have to like run around different rooms and things like that. But for me, like, I, yeah, I, I, I just really want to go back to like meeting my professors. So regular schooling. Yeah. Um, did you notice a difference between the college professors and your public high school teachers? Um, Yes, yeah, so my college professors definitely. I feel, I feel like they they're, they're more patient with questions. Um, I know some Lindbergh teachers are very patient, but I feel like at Lindbergh a lot of the times they expected us to um, like if we didn't know an answer to something, we'd have to we'd have to first learn it ourselves and then go to the professor as like a second resort. But in college, it's completely different. Like they're very encouraging of you um, asking questions so that they can clear it up for you. So that's that's like honestly like my biggest difference in between high school and college as far as teaching yeah something i don't like here is that a lot of teachers they're like did you ask your peers first did you ask exactly like, for yeah. other people before you came to me and then exactly like, yeah it doesn't make any sense like yeah. they're the teacher right they, they should tell us the, like I, I had a teacher who had a poster on his wall and it, and it would say like the first step like if you don't know a question the first step is check the textbook and then second step ask peer and then the third step was ask the teacher like why like no like that doesn't like that that that's not a good learning environment or at least it's not my learning environment so like, I mean, if i have a question already, i want to go to the teacher if you have a question that means you didn't get the textbook if you don't get the textbook and you don't if your peer doesn't get a textbook then you have to go to the prep yeah but i feel like you should have like a more i feel like that's a, some that's something that high school teachers should improve on it's just having more interactions with their students mm -hmm. yep um, so what do you see as the biggest difference between high school and college? Of course, you're doing it online right now, but like educational wise, what do you see as the biggest difference between high school and college? Um, so in college, there's no busy work. Like there's some busy work, but it's like not like in, in high school, a lot of your grade is based on turning in like your weekly assignments and um, things like that. But at college, 
there's we don't we don't have like too much homework most of our stuff is based on papers that we write and tests like in our midterm so um you find like you find like throughout the week you don't necessarily have that much work to do but like once it once it comes to midterm season then you have a lot of work or once your teacher started signing papers and you have a lot of work but like in those like in between weeks like like in high school, I felt like I was, I, I was, I had a lot of things to do, but in college, it's not like that. So some people might find that easier. Some people might find that harder, um, but like harder in the sense, like, oh, now my grade is like, I don't have busy work to kind of like support my grade, but yeah, that's, that's definitely a big difference. Uh, do you miss high school necessarily? The whole thing about it going to math class or like science class every day, or do you like the, like the structure of college a lot more? So, um, like I said, I miss going in person to classes. Uh, do I miss high school? Um, I, I mean, I miss like the people that I that that I met in high school, but I don't know if I've missed the high school experience itself. Because, like, like I said, I don't I don't regret anything from high school or like want to change anything. So I feel like when I was done with high school, I was like ready to move on to college, and that's how I feel right now. I'm, I'm ready to move on to like real college. But so yeah. So are you looking forward to move to uh, sunny Los Angeles coming semester? Yeah, yeah. So I yeah, so I am looking forward to it. I'm moving soon. Um, my classes are still online, but going to Los Angeles, it would it would allow me to keep doing like working in healthcare because obviously over here I was working in um, at a skilled nursing facility, but um, COVID hit and I don't feel safe like bringing like possibly getting it and bringing it back to my family. So going to LA will definitely allow me to continue doing what I like to do so that's um that, that I'm looking forward to that yeah yeah all right well thank you so much for joining me today uh yeah. it's a pleasure talking to you and I mm -hmm. hope to talk to you soon thanks for joining us yeah, yeah no problem all right see you dude see you thanks for listening to our podcast follow Inspirante as well at Inspirante underscore education and follow our podcast on Spotify at Inspirante education Thank you for listening. See you on our next podcast coming soon.